Minuten. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Kindness Rebellion. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It was with Nan Seymour, a poet and activist who I met when I went to the rally to save the Great Salt Lake. Um, this was an interesting moment for me. I uh, I had kept I'd heard about the the Great Salt Lake drying up and how it was a huge issue. There was that New York Times article that was posted nationally about how. Uh, Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Valley would get hit with like an arsenic bomb if it dried up. And um, I felt very um, passionate about this issue. And I remember the day that the, uh, that the rally was happening, um, it was a very emotional day for me to begin with. And I was almost not going to go. And I just, I felt this great urge that I needed to go. And so I went up uh, all the way up to the Capitol in Salt Lake City and I stood there with not enough people but quite a bit of people I think maybe a hundred um, and we sang songs to the lake and we shouted about how our legislators need to do something they need to do something to restore this body of water that we very much rely on and while I was there I'm uh, I listened to Nan give her speech, as well as some other amazing people, a few of which who will actually be joining us later in the season on this podcast. Um, but Nan really, really spoke to me. There was, uh, there was a power in her words, and there was an obvious love and caring for not just the lake, but all of the organisms and ecosystems surrounding it. And one of the most important things that she said um, was how the lake was the heart of our ecosystem it wasn't just some piece of it it wasn't some side story it is the heart of our ecosystem and we need to protect her and so with that in mind i decided that i would start this episode with a little bit different intro um nan suggests in this episode that we uh give attention to the lake every morning um so that's what i'm doing here with you this this episode uh, I'm sad to say that I haven't been super consistent about it. However, um, we do the best we can. And so this morning I have myself turned northwest toward Great Salt Lake. Um, and I think that we will give her a little bit of attention this morning just to let her know that we are here and that we are a part of this rising tide of courage. So join me as we say good morning. Good morning, Great Salt Lake. We are here for you. We are attending to you this morning to let you know that we are aware of your needs. We are aware of the struggle that you are going through and we are here to give you respite. We are here to give you care and we are here to show up in any way that is needed so that we can restore your ecosystem. I'd like to share the three rivers that feed you this morning in prayer. Bear River, Weber River, Jordan River. Bear River, Weber River, and Jordan River. Bear River, Weber River, Jordan River. Your great intelligence calls to all of us 
and we are aware that you are the heart of this ecosystem. We will do whatever we can to preserve you. Thank you for being here with me on this episode. And thank you for also giving your attention to the Great Salt Lake. With our shared voices and our shared attention, we can help her. And we can do what is necessary to help the rest of the world, the rest of this earth that is crying out saying, pay attention, you need to care. It's amazing. This morning um, has been it's been a very... Uh, very wet couple of weeks here very a lot of moisture a lot of clouds and everything um and in this instance it's actually because of uh the hurricanes out in um out in southern california and uh as you hear in this episode our legislators think that there wasn't much that needed to be done with the great salt lake because of all the moisture we've been getting unfortunately all this moisture is actually another sign of climate change wreaking havoc on us we need to listen to the needs of the earth. We need to throw away our obsession with controlling and owning the planet, and we need to live with the planet. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. I absolutely loved it. Nan is such a beautiful soul, and I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with her. So thank you so much. This is a podcast about rejecting tyranny and oppression by cultivating both systemic and individual change. I believe the only way to create this kind of monumental change is to inspire understanding, love, and kindness. From there, we can work to embody these essential values in our cultural systems and in our individual lives. My hope is that by effectively communicating with anyone and everyone, we can establish a shared vision for humanity and explore new ways of living to build a better world for all of us. I'm your host, Nathan Jones, and this is The Kindness Rebellion. Hey, Nan. Thank hey. you so much for coming on to the Kindness Rebellion. I uh, really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come into your beautiful home oh, and uh, and talk about some very important stuff like uh, the lake and and poetry and honesty and beauty. Mm. And um, I've just I wanted to say that I really love all of your activism and all of your efforts. And um, you know, I kind of mentioned to the mentioned this to you before, but a lot of people just really feel like your power and your truth and um, and how it just really affects a lot of us. And so it was, um, it's been an awesome opportunity to be able to get to know you a little bit. So thank yeah. you so much for being on. I'm really glad to be here with you. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I think um, where I'd love to get started is just kind of um, getting to know a little bit more about you personally and okay. how, how you kind of came to this, um, how you came on this journey of activism and, and really caring about nature and the lake. Um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about your history and, yeah. and, and I guess how you got here? Well, I grew up in the lake bed, I like to say. So we moved here when I was seven. Mm. And um, I was lucky enough to grow up. I'm 57. Well, I'll be 57 this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I was lucky enough to grow up in a time where even in the valley, um, like it was wild behind my backyard and mm -hmm. my backyard was um, a scrub oak forest. And mm -hmm. And it was before computers, really. So <laughs> yeah. I grew up outside, mm -hmm. and I grew up in a company of trees. I I also grew up in the culture of apathy and disdain for Great Salt Lake. I we mm. never um, went there. I only heard that it was stinky and buggy, and you know. So I grew up loving outside, especially trees. And I think I was 
um, just connected to the earth and everything that's real mm-hmm. um, because of that immense good fortune mm. to grow up, grow up in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I guess, through poetry, because poetry is a call to pay attention. And so poetry always draws me back to those kind of relational ways of being mm-hmm. with, um, with life. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, th- thank you for sharing that. I think yeah. one of the one of the things that I kind of caught right away is um, is that apathy and disdain that you mentioned, um, I guess, for the late. Because I-, I wonder if that's kind of what we've been running into a little bit is, you know, as I yeah. have been very annoyed at a lot of my friends and family for <laughs> yeah. just seeming like they don't give a shit. I'm, right. I'm like, why don't you care? Why don't you understand? And um, I guess in your opinion, do you feel it kind of is uh, – I mean, I guess, what is your opinion on that? Like, yeah. why do you feel like there isn't enough um, emotion and, and intention towards towards the lake? It's such an important question. So I think that has been the prevailing culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go a lot of layers deep on this. Let's do it. Because, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's just get right into it. It's been the prevailing culture um, because of capitalism, because mm. we had designated the lake as wastewater. It was deemed mm. wastewater even legally. So any water that reached the lake, um, you know, was wasted. In, really? Yeah. And so, of course, it, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. um, because because of this eagerness to extract uh, and, frank, frankly, exploit mm-hmm. water before it got to the terminal basin that, you know, uh, doesn't provide fish. And so it was just treated as worthless. And Mm. then also we kind of created a sacrifice zone um, in terms of, you know, putting all of our toxic industry out there, Mm. our, our dumps, um, our prison even recently, you know, so if you look at the lake and you look at like how we treated it in the last 40 to 50 years, now there was an era before that um, where even like the settler colonialist treated lake with respect. Mm. Um, So the like original, pioneers and then the people who built the beautiful salt air that we know historically, mm-hmm. including my grandmother who went oh, out wow. there to dance and to swim. And my mother who floated in the lake when she was nine, she's mm-hmm. 80 now. Um, so there was a time when the lake was held, w- was understood to be beautiful, even as harsh as it is, it is mm-hmm. a, like a harsh environment, but it is extremely beautiful. Um, but by the time I was growing up in the seventies, and eighties, um, that culture had faded and the culture that I call the culture of apathy and disdain mm. was prevalent. And I think that had everything to do with extraction and, and making money and trying to organize, um, to, you know, just uh, frankly exploit what we call resources, yeah. which are actually lives, yeah. rivers and lakes. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, even from a human perspective, you can look at what we did. We, we lined the lake with everything we didn't want. Mm-hmm. And so that also has a lot to do with racism and white supremacy. And, um, you know, we could go in, like I said, it's so layered, yeah. um, but, th- but that's absolutely the way I grew up. And so I, I grew up like a lot of people, um, not noticing or caring as much as I cared about the living world. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't look to the West. Yeah. Um, and I loved birds. I grew up loving birds because my grandparents lived on the Snake River close to Yellowstone Park. Mm-hmm. And so very young. I don't remember when I didn't know about like American white pelicans, great mm. blue herons, um, sandhill cranes. Like they, they were like the friends of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was every summer we went up there, we drove north to see them and be with them. And I never even looked to the left when we're on I-15 and thought, oh, 
because I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. their nesting grounds are right here. This lake is essential to every bird I just named and over 300 other species. Wow. Um, and I just grew up unwitting. So if, you know, if I, a bird loving child had mm-hmm. no clue about the lake, you know, I just think that you can, that's exponential. If you look at mm-hmm. how it was for most people. Yeah. Um, I think some interest, there's interesting exceptions in the lake loving community. I noticed that, um, quite a few people are there, uh, they came here from Great Lakes states. Oh, okay. And they it's really kind of fun because they they have a culture of absolute appreciation mm. um, for Great Salt Lake. And they're confused by this culture of apathy that yeah. we have. They're like, well, there's a lake and it's great. So we're here fighting for it. And they're, they're not at all like, they're not stuck in the thing that you're talking about. Yeah. that annoys you when you talk to your friends. It's like, why don't we care? Mm-hmm. Well, it's cultural. And I think the heart of what you and I are talking about today is that's good news because we can change culture. Yes. Everyone mm-hmm. can impact culture. So you don't have to be a lawmaker. You don't have to have a specific amount of power. Mm. You change culture with your language, with your attention, with what you call forth from community. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my great points of like hope is that that power is in our hands. Mm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I definitely see exactly what you're saying where, um, you know, if there isn't some commodity to be extracted from it, then we as a culture really deem it worthless, right? Exactly. And and I didn't realize that um it's actually just been treated as like essentially like our waste bin. I didn't I didn't yeah. realize that. That's yeah. even, that's even more heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And, it's profoundly heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, and it even it even speaks more to the fact that we are totally disconnected from the fact that, you know, everything is connected and how, right. and we're disconnected from the fact of just how connected we are to the lake and to the land itself. Yeah. Um which is which is also kind of I think a cultural barrier that we're trying totally. to overcome there as well. Um, and I, I really love that you kind of gave us that, that sense of hope that there is something we, that we can change outside yeah. of the legislature, which uh, we'll definitely get into more detail about that too. <laughs> um, but just just the idea that like yeah. there there is something that we can do, some action that we can take. Um, and it feels like it's about uh, changing our perspectives, changing our hearts and our minds in that way. Totally. Um, can you actually speak more to what that what that change might look like to you? What kinds of... What kinds of uh, conversations we should be having or um, maybe new perspectives people could be taking on? Yeah, I love the things you're asking about. Um, well, you said this in maybe slightly different words, but the life of the lake is inseparable from our own. And so that uh, that acknowledgement of our interbeing, of the, um, of the whole system, that the lake is like the foundational water body um, in the watershed. Mm-hmm. And so it, like everything that we're living with, the air, the water – is interconnected. And so just growing in awareness of our interbeing and our relational way of being. So it could be as simple as, I have a few rituals that are really simple I can suggest Mm -hmm. to your listeners. And one is just like, I wake up and I turn myself, like literally turn to face the lake. Mm -hmm. Um, I just turn around and I'm like, good morning, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just an acknowledgement, like, hello, center of the ecosystem I'm living in. Yeah. Um, Thank you for this snow that you made for this uh, clean air, like, wow. you know, it's just mm-hmm. a way of like thinking. Um, and then we have actually uh, in the community, we've started this up again. We were doing it during vigil. Um, but every morning at 7am we have a meditation. This is 20 minutes mm-hmm. of silent sitting and it's held on zoom. So we just read a dedication. We're actually dedicating it to all imperiled water bodies. So mm-hmm. it may be a little more global perspective, saline seas, 
worldwide or imperiled. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, but particularly for Great Salt Lake. So during that meditation, I actually turned my body to face the lake. Mm-hmm. And it's just a way of like being with. Yeah. And if you think of her great intelligence and her like, even from a perspective of like geological time, how much mm-hmm. more experience she has than us, how mm-hmm. much older she is, how mm-hmm. she's this vast um, creator, mm-hmm. then it's kind of easy to connect to it like we're literally in her bed she yeah. made this land that you and i are sitting on right now shaped with her waves wow. you know this was under uh a lot of water during the bonneville period mm-hmm. even this you know we're kind of a little bit on the bench in the valley mm-hmm. uh, we were underwater here wow. the capital was underwater yeah um which i love to imagine for some reason oh <laughs> it's not some reason <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we know why right but uh, i think just like that relational way of thinking and then doing what you and I are doing today is like we you have conversations about it. Yeah. You know, like you maybe you just learned about microbialites mm-hmm. um, and you like tell other people like, hey, do you know about microbialites like, and, <laughs> and how important they are and how they're in trouble right now? And yeah. that's the thing, like not everyone understands about the lake. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't know two and a half years ago. I didn't even know the word microbialite. Mm-hmm. But now I've learned the, the platform of life in this whole bioregion. Without them, we have no brine shrimp, no brine flies. Without brine shrimp, brine flies, we have no birds, mm. and so on. And yeah. so, like, reverence to microbialites, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, so I think one of the most profound things is just becoming relational, like, l- looking to repair the relationship. Yeah. Um, I have no people who, like, say the names of the rivers aloud, and mm. it's just like, that's a prayer. Yeah, it is. You know, you just... Bear, Weber, Jordan, maybe that you wake up and do that every morning and you just hold like a loving attention and it doesn't matter who you're praying to. Like that, mm-hmm. that is way less important than the prayer itself. Yeah. It's just like, it's like employing your attention um, because what we attend to grows. If you mm. think about it, like anything you attend to grows, that's how yeah. it works. Yeah. So you want water to come back in the lake, attend to it. Yeah. You know, like turn your attention, yeah. Um, your care, your love, your reverence, and then call community to do that with you. And of course it will change mm-hmm. because that's how things change. Um, yeah. I think we're more powerful than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tension for me, and I'll admit this is where I get um, less hopeful. I feel really confident in the long game like, mm-hmm. that like what we're doing matters and that a lot enough people care. Like the name of your podcast is so <laughs> wonderful. Like, you know, just like enough people care about kindness, for mm-hmm. instance, to change the way humans are doing human things. We're tired of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think we're tired of our bad behaviors. We're yeah, tired so of hurting too. each other. We're dismayed that we're polluting our own home, mm-hmm. like that we're ruining our own home. It's kind of, I think we're, I think we've had it with our bad behaviors and that we really like are willing to put a lot of energy into change. So the long game like that would save the lake or that would put us into right relationship is better language than save mm-hmm. with the lake. Um, I feel confident that what we're doing uh, is working, mm. but it's also an emergency and that's yeah. where it's tense. Right. So we know that like there's a ticking clock on the, on this particular ecosystem um, there are elements of the ecosystem, brine flies particularly, brine shrimp coming next, next in a, a state of active collapse, mm. um, desiccated microbialites, and so on. So, you know, this uh, that's tense. And also, we, there's only time to work slowly and determinedly, like devotedly, maybe mm-hmm. is the word I want. Um, and I don't know. We just have to do what we can do. And. Yeah hope that it takes in time 
And even if it doesn't take in time to save this particular ecosystem, we will have moved that many steps in the right direction. Mm. So our efforts wouldn't be wasted. It's not a mistake to do the things you and I are doing yeah. um, that your listeners are doing. Um, but yeah, I would like it to be in time. Yeah, that's, I think <laughs> that's, that's the terrifying piece, right? It's the terrifying that's, piece. That's, I feel like that's yeah. um, kind of where people get really hung up. And, and I really appreciate you uh, kind of putting together both of these like spaces where it's about, you know, um, it tending to it more, attending to these, these issues more, yeah. because I, I do agree. I, I agree that if we can attend to these issues more and, um, and give our, our conscious effort towards it, um, we will see meaningful change occur. Yeah. And I, and I know that like a lot of the reasons that people are hesitant to even really try and make any sort of real attention is because they just think it's, um, they think it's hopeless, unfortunately. But, um, and, and yeah, I think it's because of that, that ticking clock that you're talking about. Yeah. They, they think like, well, it's, it's too late anyways, but that, that kind of mindset just, it, it's not going to get us anywhere closer to Mm-mm. the goals overall, even, um, God forbid we, we, we fail here. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's a beautiful kind of marriage of those two things. Like even, even if you can't take the time to, you know, make these uh activist rallies and uh you know reach out to your senators and things like that yeah. just just the conscious attention and i love some of the things that you were saying there just turning towards the lake yeah. like greeting her yeah. and uh you know and just uh saying the the prayer of the names of those lake uh those rivers that mm-hmm. feed the lake like those are just some beautiful shifts in consciousness exactly. that i think that all of us really need right, right now we need this um this shift in consciousness towards nature and to just to understand our interconnectedness to it. Um, exactly. Especially like with the microbial lights and uh, and the brine shrimp and the brine flies and everything like that. Right. We, I think we forget how fragile the ecosystem is and yet um, how robust and how large yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so right? interesting that because it it is robust actually and it's mm-hmm. um, surprisingly vital. And so I don't know that I agree that it's fragile, but mm. but that but we are it is imperiled because of mm. the amount of harm we've done. You know, so you know, like yeah. we're we've done a robust amount of harm in the face of a very robust system. Yeah, that's um, more accurate. Yeah, You're right. It's not very fragile. In fact, nature is very resilient. It um, is. It is resilient, and it's imperiled, and mm. it's in trouble. You know, and so like yeah. what you're expressing is absolutely true. Like, you're right. It's th- at a threshold. Yes, and right. that's why it feels fragile. Like we right. just have been so unaware of the damage that we've been causing. At least I have. It wasn't until recently that I realized, like, holy shit! Like we are we are annihilating this planet. Like, and yeah. and it's been it's been putting up with our shit for too long. Yeah, it's a terrible moment, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I feel like as aware as I might have been. I I came to this knowledge about Great Salt Lake very suddenly. Like mm-hmm. I was very un- oblivious, really, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I identify as like a latecomer to this question. Mm-hmm. It's not like I've been um, studying it or paying attention. But when it caught it, it caught my attention. Caught pretty much all of my attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but to to your point, um, because I think this is so important for listeners and and people in general. You don't have to keep vigil. You don't have to. Um, live at the lake like I did through the winter in response to this um, to make a difference. You can make a difference daily um, through your words, through your actions, through your consciousness. Mm. And, and when we organize that way, like when, when we tip that center, um, you could even think of it in terms of voting. If you made mm. this a voting priority and let your um, lawmakers know that mm. you are voting uh, in response to the lake 
the lake is your central question mm. as a voter. And you, you could write to them not even during the session, like just now to say, hey, I'm paying attention. I'm watching uh, what happens in, in terms of the lake, and this is what I'm voting in regards mm. to. And voters are more powerful um, than you think you are. Mm. <laughs> the, the, you know, that's the one thing lawmakers are afraid of is their constituents. And mm. so if you let them know, um, and it really just takes 15 minutes at the most, uh, really easy to write your lawmakers to find online who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been aware of a lot of people, including myself, who've done that for the very first time in relation to this issue. As mm-hmm. much as we may maybe cared about other things, we're like, hey, wait a minute. It's actually time to make your voice heard. So yeah. like a, a three line, a three sentence email is more powerful than you think. Mm. So if, if you're going to choose a little action, maybe choose that one. Yeah. Because it really is more potent than you think, particularly um, if your lawmaker isn't already doing right by this issue, which mm. is most of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd love to kind of uh, move into that space because one of the things that I found really frustrating, I guess, was, mm. you know, at the, the first rally – um, back in, I think it was January. Um, it was just right at the beginning of the legislative session. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, I was really, I'll be honest. I was, I was kind of disheartened to get out there and find like, Oh, the, it feels like the most action I can take is to bug some guy. <laughs> to hope that, <laughs> the hope that he'll actually right. do something <laughs> that's right. good for all of us. You right. Know? And, uh, and so I kind of wanted to ask your yeah. opinion and, and like may- maybe <laughs> maybe dive into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like I appreciate your candor. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Um, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And, but I'll, I'll invite a reframe. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of focusing on the guy, yeah. which is dispiriting yeah. in many cases. Yes. <laughs> Not always, but in many cases. You can focus on using your voice. So mm-hmm. if the most action you can take or a meaningful action you can take is using your voice, letting your voice be heard on behalf of the lake. Mm. Just think of how that's a reframe. Yeah. So just to employ the power of your own voice and to let the lake help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I speak for the lake or about the lake, I really do find the lake in my consciousness and I ask mm-hmm. for her help. Yeah. Um, because she's busy fighting for her own life mm-hmm. and um, she'll help you. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's true. One voice, that's not too powerful. But the collective voices and being part of the collective is immensely powerful. Mm-hmm. So if you need to have friends to make it feel like something, find find three friends. And mm-hmm. the four of you get together for 15 minutes and write to the lawmakers at the same time, press send together. Mm-hmm. And then have a little like mm-hmm. celebration. Yeah, yeah. It's like a re- nice reframe, isn't it? It's like, is. We did a lot of that um, kind of hosting online, just mm-hmm. uh, an hour of, encourage- I call it narrative encouragement or, mm. um, you know, just... Uh, encouragement to write the lawmakers and then we would press send at the end or people weren't ready to press send. I would just say, look, um, because this motivates me. I like to work in community. I would say, look, after mm-hmm. you press send, write me and tell me that you did. Yeah. And they would, they would write me the next day and then, and they would send me the responses they got back. And it mm-hmm. was like, so it became like a community thing yes. and way more interesting than a lonely person writing an email. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like that sounds yeah. like it's, it's another part of the culture shift that's needed. Right. Yeah. Cause I think what I'm, what my original frame was, was very much like individualist. It was just like, ah, see, I'm just trying to get one guy to care about like this big issue. And I'm thinking it's just me trying to, but I love how you reframe it to be like, no, with community action, with, um, with, uh, creating that solidarity and that power all with multiple voices. Um, there is so much more influence and there is so much more, uh, power just in that alone. It really is. And I, and I do think that that, that is another, um, massive shift that needs to happen within our cultures that we have to remember just how much stronger we are together. 
It's a lot more fun, too. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you really have a sense of accomplishing something, really just to hand, get a handful of people. Yeah. You know, meet on Zoom, meet at your house, whatever is practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to do it on Zoom. Yeah. Um, so maybe this is, I'm like, actually, this, like, it's lighting a little spark for me. It's mm-hmm. like to invite this because I host these, but it's like anyone could host these. Yeah. It'll like, here, let's take an hour. And an hour is more time than you need, really. But yeah. it's nice because, and what we do is like, Introduce the issue, kind of make sure that there's a, like a simple template is great. It's as simple as saying who you are, what mm-hmm. you care about, and then asking for a specific response from the mm-hmm. lawmaker. Um, so really like a three or four line email is plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we set it, actually set a timer so everyone's writing in silence for a while, but it's kind of like together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you have listeners who are like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. Do it. If you, want, if you want any more like support, reach out to me because it's mm-hmm. something I, I don't know. I think it could really help. I, I love that. And then I think another piece that um, you've intuitively added there is, is sort of like this is like a, I, I would almost consider it like accountability. It's, it's just this yeah. sort of like, you know, once you're, once you're done sending your letter, like reach out to me. Yeah. I love that. Cause um, I think that sometimes we can, um, you know, really slip on some of the, the values or the uh, maybe the actions that we want to take just because there's really nobody who maybe cares or, or maybe we don't know that people care right, and we don't right. have anyone there that's going like, Hell yeah. yeah hell be. yeah. That's Thanks all you need that. is a hell yeah, yeah on the other side of it. I'll work so hard for a hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? That's my primary motivator. <laughs> so I think identifying that because I think a lot of people are like us where the hell yeah really means something. It's like you you, you be a person who provides a hell yeah for other people mm-hmm. and then ask someone to provide it for you. Yeah. Like, but we really can go a long distance with that kind of encouragement. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank, thank you so much for sharing yeah, those techniques. Yeah, I feel like I learned some things from that. That's good. Yeah. I love that. And I kind of... Um, to, to kind of go further into um, just how political action works with um, with these kinds of solutions that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to – maybe I'm just needing you to reframe a lot of things for me today. Because so. yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I'm also very skeptical about right. is um, how, our, how our political system is really – owned and controlled and dominated by capital is owned and controlled by businesses. And so I wonder how much this legislative action um, can truly help Mm -hmm. when it seems like the only thing that they know how to do is like throw money at at a situation. Um, And I was wondering if you could kind of help me understand a little bit better, like what are some of the ways that this political system can actually be helpful, can actually help uh, give us that right relationship with the Mm -hmm. lake that you're talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah. Um, And what are the ways that uh, maybe it fails that we we can try to improve in our own communities and build up on our own instead? Yeah, I thought a lot about this because you sent me that question and – I can't remember how you worded it, but it's really interesting what you're asking. The system won't lead. It's as broken as you think it is. So mm-hmm. the leadership won't come for, from where it should. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes now for those who can't <laughs> see me. should come from um, for the reasons you just specified. Mm-hmm. But those folks work for us. Mm-hmm. And we forget. But they, they work, and this is what I'm saying, like, let them know you're a voter and you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can do that collectively, you know, and or vote them out, mm. um, let this be the issue. Let it be nonpartisan. Yeah. Step over every other divide we've ever had. Yeah. Um, let, I mean, we could step over every other divide we've ever had because a great mother is dying or we're about to lose our home. Mm. Like, we're at this it's the opportunity of this terrible threshold, mm-hmm. right? We're all about to lose our home or, you know, if you relate to this as I do, it's like a great 
mother is dying. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You can show up and forget your differences. Mm. So let's forget our differences and show up. There's a great book uh, I'd recommend to anyone listening called River Republic. Mm. It's by Daniel McCool, who's a professor emeritus at the University of Utah. And what it details is the restoration of rivers uh, nationwide. Mm. And it's about a decade of river restoration. It's really heartening if you're feeling low. Mm. It's a great read because you will read about success stories of people who have um, caused rivers to be restored. Mm. The people who make it happen, Daniel calls instigators. And I like his both the term and the definition. So instigators are ordinary. This part makes me cry every time. Ordinary broken-hearted people mm. who um, show up. They are people without traditional forms of power. They're not people who are wealthy or in political office. Instigators make it happen. So instigators show up with their broken heart. They dedicate their broken heart to the to the river or to mm. the lake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they show up persistently over time. They're devoted. And when they first show up, uh, they're belittled and made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but they keep showing up. And, and here's the thing they're right. If they're trying to get right with water, they're right. Yeah. And so it starts to organize around them. And then, so the people that were making fun of them then kind of catch on. Mm-hmm. Like, and these guys on the hill eventually like be like, oh, yeah, we do need the lake. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're not going to be the ones who lead it, right? But they'll be yeah. like, we really can't afford to lose this lake. And, um, and we're, we actually are willing to make some sacrifices because the instigators have been out there leading, right? Yeah. And so then they aren't made fun of anymore, but the thing starts to happen. The river gets restored or the lake gets restored. Mm-hmm. And then the people in power take credit for it. And guess who doesn't care? The instigators, because the, all the instigators wanted was the river. Yeah. All the instigators wanted was the lake. And like you and I, and I'm sure all of your listeners really are instigators. Mm-hmm. We're more powerful than we think. And we are also how it gets done. Mm. Right? That's that's really inspiring. That honestly, <laughs> that, that, that made my heart slow down. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> just, it just filled me with like a lot of hope there. Because like, I mean, that's exactly what I felt. Like the the day I went to that first rally, yeah. I, I had literally just had a fight with like my girlfriend and a couple other people about just like why the fuck aren't we doing anything? Right. And it was just like. And it was just this anger as I like went up, yeah. you know, to and to see like hundreds of people that were just as broken hearted as me that were just right. like, like, let's do something yeah. um, that that was very heartening. And, and, yeah. it, and it built a lot of uh, a lot of courage and a lot of power, I think. And um, and what was that book called again? It's called River River Republic. River Republic. Yeah, I'll send you a link so you can share Perfect. it with your readers. It really is a great read. Um, it's beautiful. And yeah, it's inspiring because even though like the era of dam building, it's over whether the people who are still building dam, trying to build dams think it is or not. It's <laughs> over. We know it's not right. Like, mm. And also many of the dams that were built in the great dam building era, they're expiring. It's time for them to come down. So mm. we're at this moment, actually, of opportunity. It, uh, it's a threshold. If you pull back the camera, it's like, oh, here's actually a moment where we decide um, what happens next. Do the dams mm. come down? Well, yeah. They need to, right? Yeah. Um, and there are already many success stories uh, to look at. If we look nationally, you might not find so many in Utah yet, but mm-hmm. let this be the first. Mm. Um, you know, let this be a major success story that will be pointed uh, to from around the world. Like a, mm-hmm. a group of instigators uh, gathered and they kept gathering and they showed up and they kept showing up and they used their voices and they were persistent mm-hmm. and they didn't back down. And the lawmakers will organize around that. 
Mm. Eventually. They sort of have to, don't they? They sort of have to. Again, yeah. they work for us. Yeah. And if we can keep being <laughs> annoying enough. I have a, there's a lawmaker friend, Doug Welton. I hope you're watching this. Um, <laughs> and I've been bugging him to all get out because he was actually one of my high school teachers. And, oh. then, and then he got elected into the House of Representatives. Great. And, and, um, and those kinds of, I often I'll feel like I'm like, you know, uh, yelling on deaf ears and right, but right. but I think um I think it does I think it does reach them it's sort of like like the those uh, those intentions and conversations towards the lake I think it's uh it's working in the same in the same space right if we can just keep yep. keep uh keep whittling them down reminding them that they work for us then um hopefully we'll see yeah see the action that well we they really need, need to learn from somebody frankly like mm. they're not um you know so those of us using our voices that's where the learning you know it's going to come from the the margins, the wisdom mm. is not in the center yeah. <laughs> at the moment, yeah. right? Like, so it's going to, you know, problems won't ever be solved at the same frequency they're created. Mm. So if you feel like a, you're a person working on a different frequency or a less uh, acknowledged frequency, good. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because you're, you're actually going to come in at the, at the level that will create something new, that will build something new. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And the regular channels. I think about the idea of channels all the time when I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the lake because I think the lake herself is operating on so many channels we barely understand. Yeah, this yeah. great intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, you know, she's not calling in directly to capitalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. it's not, that's not where the healthy conversation is, <laughs> right? Because she's too smart to bother. Mm-hmm. But she's talking to you yeah. because you're here. She's talking to me, right? Yeah. And anyone who's bothering to listen to this, she's talking to you right now. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know? I, I and so, like, pretty powerful, actually. We're, mm-hmm. we're actually in a more powerful team than we think. Mm-hmm. Because going back to what you said before, life is incredibly robust and surprising, and um, we barely understand it. Mm-hmm. But life lead, leans so vigorously towards life. Mm. Right? It really does. Yeah. It has to keep perpetuating And we're itself. on that, you know, we're, we're in sync with that. Yeah. I don't want to make it binary and say we're on that team because mm-hmm. this is part of it. It has to become less binary. Yeah, you're right. Right. We really mm-hmm. need to work in a queer way. Mm-hmm. And you had asked a question about like what's in our way or what are some of the obstacles that I think one of the ways is one of the things that's most in our way is uh, binary thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, another way to name that is a fear of queerness. Mm-hmm. Like this is like this needs to come from really creative places, mm-hmm. um, not black and white thinking. I agree. I think yeah. that's um, and kind of to speak to. Um, speak to that principle as well is like is we need to stop thinking about like okay we need to join nature's team it's like we are nature yes, we are. And, yes. I, and I think that's that's yeah. kind of what was resonating with me it's like is, is, so glad uh, you said it like that yeah coming yeah. in coming in line with that frequency I, I really really loved how you said like the lake is like speaking to us and working through us because right. um, when I think about it that way it really does help it does help me it does right. help me right. feel like Okay, like even if maybe my social circle doesn't understand or isn't on board with me, right. I'm not alone. And totally, uh, you're not. And uh, and of course, I'm not alone because I'm here with you right now, right? right? But I, I just like that. I that feeling is very um, very palpable for me. And I, it's and pretty I, and I tangible like for me too. And mm-hmm. I, I get a lot from it. I, I want to share this meditation um, that's come through for me in these morning meditations. And it's just, it may be a little. I'm gonna share it anyway. I just feel compelled to. It's Sweet. like. Um, it's like the idea of an in-breath and an out-breath being, you can start with the idea of being like water within, water without. And mm. it's like if you're sitting with the lake, it's really two water bodies are in conversation, mm. right? So yeah. water within, water without is one idea. 
But an idea that grew for me is like to try to kind of imagine myself the same size as Great Salt Lake. So we're like mm. siblings. Yeah. Uh, like siblings maybe like curled up together. Uh -huh. um, and once I have that image in my head, then it's like the in-breath and out-breath is like an exchange of tide. Mm. And the tide is a rising, a tide of rising courage. Yeah. So I had just like this mantra, like I receive your courage. I offer mine in return. I receive your courage. I offer mine in return. And that's like a, it's just like this gently swinging door between me mm -hmm. and the lake, you know, yeah. or it's like a tide rolling in and out. And the whole time the courage is rising. And I feel like in a meditative space, I really am offering what courage I have towards the lake and also definitely receiving. Mm. Um, so I don't, you know, just like those kinds of images or ways of being, mm -hmm. uh, I think to like sit with that yeah, and let it, nourish you you know like let it let it give you some fortitude yeah. for the showing up in the world which is so hard you know yeah. it's like it really is <laughs> <laughs> it really is this is brave work the work you're doing is really brave work and you know look you know like you slept all this equipment here and you, you know you like there's a lot of labor and the labor is love mm. like it's a labor born of love and so just to recognize it and to know that when your labor is born of love and you're doing things on purpose, you will be supported. Mm. Like you are supported already inherently mm. by the earth, by the lake, by life. Yeah. I love right. that. Yeah. That, that was absolutely beautiful. It, it actually gave me chills. Like just thinking <laughs> about it. Cause, um, uh, i I guess I'll open up too. I, uh, I, it was actually a couple weeks before that first rally. Um, I had, uh, taken psilocybin mushrooms to, you know, just kind of get some just really courage and inspiration. And, and one of the things that, um, that was, uh, I guess, said to me was, um, was this? Act it was actually a rising tide of courage. It was, it really? was those same, it was those same, wow. <laughs> same words. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was. It, so that kind of like really wow. got me, just barely. But um, and it was, uh, it was just really, really powerful. And it's kind of what was pushing me to just like to show up more. Right. Um, and that was kind of something that it kept telling me was just like have confidence, have you yeah. know, like just know that what you're doing is, you know, is right. Like you're, you're trying to, to work through love. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate you yeah, sharing that because yeah. it really resonated with me just barely. And so, um, yeah. and God damn, you clearly are a poet, you know, <laughs> very, 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 very well-spoken, very Thanks. beautiful. And I really Thanks. appreciate that because, um, I think that is what we really need to start feeling and seeing more of, right. Is just like our interconnectedness with, mm -hmm. with all things, with each other, with life, with the lake, everything. Yeah. Um, because that's how we're going to draw that courage. We're going to draw that, that power really to, exactly. to make the changes that we absolutely need. I think it's really there for us. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And kind of, uh, just to sort of move more in line with sort of like your, your poetry and, mm. and your activism and how they kind of influence each other. Yeah. Um, it's, it seems a little obvious to me because like yeah. your, your activism is just your, your, your beautiful heart and your, mm. your desire <laughs> for truth and, and goodness. And then, uh, and then your poetry seems to be like a, uh, like an outlet for that, I guess, or mm -hmm. a, an expression. Um, but I guess, how would you, how would you see those two interacting? And yeah, um, and I like that question so much. Mm. Um, well, the poetry and the act, Activism are inseparable mm. to me. So, um, and it goes back to that first idea that they're both, it's just me paying attention. Mm. But it really is me paying attention, like training my attention. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like the more, the most important part of writing is walking around the world as a writer. Mm. And what I mean by that is like you're paying attention. So 
when you notice something that's interesting or beautiful, like we're just looking out the window and there's a squirrel nest high in that curly tree. Right? Oh, I see it. Yeah, right? And so it's like, okay, I see it, but then I let my attention underline it or like I sometimes feel like it's like if I had like a gold pen, it's like I'm tracing it mm. so I can have it again later. Mm. Um, so I can bring it. It's like I'm putting it in a, in a resource like a basket maybe you could call like beauty or truth um mm. and grief would go in there too like mm-hmm. uh so you know you're counting the bodies of birds on the shoreline mm. um you know i pay some particular attention to the detail like what is their posture what is you know what is the water like around them what kind of bird is that if i know they happen mm-hmm. to be grebes the ones i was counting um and I'm saying that because I'm using that example because I don't mean just things that are we traditionally think of as beautiful, mm-hmm. but I mean like evidence of life, diversity, mm-hmm. interests, like anything. If I want to have it as a writer, then I'm going to attend to it in a certain way. And mm-hmm. that is the same attention. It's relational attention. Yeah. Um, there's some kind of I love you in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the underlying energy of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, I, I'm pausing long enough to take it in or I'm pausing long enough to listen to see if mm-hmm. the lake has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I am maybe also humble before the thing. Like I'm trying to get into a posture of humility. Mm. Um, and so this is, you asked something about what a vision that would carry us forward. And it definitely is is like toppling that uh, internalized hierarchy of mm. humans being the most important yeah. species on the Apex planet. Predator yeah, like, the yeah, yeah. Like we can't be, we can't be so self-important. It's part mm. of what's messing everything up. So it's like yeah. to be just as curious and interested about every other speech species, mm-hmm. including invertebrates. It's like, what is singing below the soil? That whole, like if we dropped a tiny mic and I know this from my friend who's a, mm-hmm. um, a etymologist, right? No, entomologist. Entomologist. Right. Entom- I always right. get those With, two mixed uh, up. Insects, right? Yeah. yeah. That if you, um, you know, like you put the right kind of microphone in the earth right now, the whole thing would be singing. And it would be, you know, a a chorus of both invertebrates Mm -hmm. and fungi and like, you know, all kinds of things are singing in this alive earth. Um, Let's be curious about that and Mm -hmm. not think that we're more important than everything that's singing under the soil, everything that's everyone who's flying in the air, Mm -hmm. um, every bud that's like getting ready to burst right now. If we, if we got like humble in a certain way that would actually be the first move everything would get right around that you know yeah. what i mean it's like like if we if we just got into a more humble mm-hmm. way of being um a beautiful example i'll give because this just moves me so much there's a and it's also a great resource for your listeners there's a wildlife photographer named marianne karen mm-hmm. um and she photographs birds at Great Salt Lake, the most amazing photos you've ever seen. I'll make sure you have the link or the follow. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I've watched her uh, in action and this is how she does it. She spends hours on her belly on the shoreline so that she is not looking down at the birds, but Mm. at the water level, at the bird eye level. And when you see the photos, you can see that this is a posture of great empathy. Yeah, Like even the photos grow your empathy. And it's such a different thing than looking down. Yeah. Right. So she's on her, she's in the most humble posture possible. I also saw her, um, trying to take a photo, like just fall to her knees and walk on her knees. So as not to scare the birds or flush them out. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's just like walking on her knees and I'm like, this is the way 
to be. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, like if like if you know, and, and it's like I don't know, it's it's physical. There's an embodied element to this. And that's why I actually talk so much about like turning your heart and face to the lake. And mm-hmm. and I mean it, like like we did at the rally. If mm-hmm. you're gonna acknowledge the lake, let's not only look at each other, let's actually like figure look out where she lake. is. Yeah. Like and bring her into yeah. the conversation. That's why I have this little altar here. Like this is actually water from Great Salt Lake. Oh beautiful. Um and you know, oolitic sand and some bird bones, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, let's be with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be with, and that's what witnessing is. And all of these things we're talking about are acts of witnessing, mm-hmm. um, which is just another form of love, but it's kind of a skillful, uh, I don't know. It's skillful and also something that takes practice mm. to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. anyone can do it. Yeah. Anyone I, can do it. I love that. And yeah. I can see how that translates into your activism, that, that attention, that attending and right. that, um, and I think what I really liked about that is I, I you know, I've, I'm pretty new to any sort of concept of poetry. And so, in fact, your for, your book is my first like poetry book oh, that really? I've ever purchased. Yeah, <laughs> that's, um, that's really tender. Yeah, <laughs> that makes but, me happy. <laughs> um, it, I kind of I've always thought that you know that it was just like kind of pondering or even like reactive in a way. But I think when I'm listening to you speak about it, it really does feel more present and more like mm. attending to. Yeah. And if anything, you you may, um, you know, kind of pull things up later on and try to draw from that. But I love hearing you like talk about just like the attention that you give to it and how that um, builds that humility, that equality yeah. um, with everything that you're trying to write about and think about and care about. Right. Um, and I think that's a, I, I wholeheartedly agree that that humility of our place within this ecosystem, within this earth is, is a huge piece that we're missing right now. This, right. and, uh, and you know, that, I think that comes from the human ego, the, the idea that, you know, we are, at, we think that we're this big, bad creature or not, maybe not bad, but just this creature that <laughs> right. deserves whatever we want kind right. of thing. Right. And, um, and that's where, you know, a lot of my philosophy has been really been influenced by Alan Watts, where, you know, mm-hmm. sort of the ego is an illusion and it doesn't exist. And I right. think that that's something that, um, has actually kind of helped me, um, maybe uh, unbeknownst to me, it just ha- helped me kind of build that humility with nature. It's just kind of like knowing that this is like the the thing that I consider myself would not be here without all of this around me anyways. Exactly. And so I think if more people can kind of under really comprehend that and, and right. have that, I love how you said that curiosity. Yeah. Um, just about nature and really having that reverence and humility for all of the interrelated parts that that make it so beautiful and Mm -hmm. and vast and expansive um i think we can have uh we can we can build like these beautiful worlds and systems and cultures and technologies that are totally like um they're totally aware of that interconnectedness and just can help us really grow in that sense and i think that's that's kind of what that question about uh, i guess like our, our politics was really influenced by is right. i'm like can they really get that sort of interconnectedness like it seems like they they try to separate themselves in those right. in those capital halls and everything yeah. like that yeah um i wonder how different it would be if they were uh you know meeting out on the lake every day that's mm. a really interesting question wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> i um you know i was there the first year when they flew over in those black hawk helicopters Mm -hmm. and I was glad that they you know a lot of people had things to say about that but I was glad that they were even looking you know and um but then I I have thought a lot about that like like if if they would come out and walk to the water with us Mm -hmm. um there would be a much deeper you know like really just putting your body on the shoreline is Mm -hmm. a really profound um 
learning. Yes. There's like mm-hmm. so much learning and again, it's relational and um, yeah, what, may that come to pass. But I, I think instead of hoping that will happen, I think that could happen eventually. But I think what will eventually will happen is we will vote in a diversity of people. Mm. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. this will take time and we don't have a lot of time. So mm-hmm. we really have to lead we have to leave from, uh, you know, you could call it an engaged citizenry, mm-hmm. that perspective that you and I have been talking about as instigators. The instigators mm-hmm. will need to take the lead. Yeah. Um, and we will need to not despair when they are slow in following it because they're going to keep stumbling around. But mm-hmm. some things are happening. You know, some some good things have happened. I, I want to say that the donation of water from the LDS Church is something that has given me a lot of hope. It's only 2% of what we need, but it's also a significant donation and a lead. Mm -hmm. So it's the first uh, donation of actual water to the lake. Mm -hmm. And um, it shows some real leadership that could be followed Mm and others, you know, may it be so. May that like open a floodgate of people who do have water rights, giving them to the lake, um, people funding the purchase of water rights. Mm -hmm. That's all, that door is open now, you know, and they walked through it and showed that it could be walked through and so you know that could be yeah i'm glad you brought that up that you know i've had a checkered past myself with the lds church and um and when i heard that it was it was very promising and i was i was actually happy i was very happy to hear that and i love like what you said where it's 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 this show of leadership and hoping that you know more people are paying more attention to it so um, I do think that was a, a beautiful offering, and and although we need a lot more, um, it, right. it was a great first step. It was a great first step. It was, it was. Um, and so I I love that, um, and that kind of makes me it brings me to one of my other some of my other questions is uh, just trying to get people on the same page as to like what are the most pressing needs mm, for the lake, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like what 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 would need to be done to sort of uh, restore and uh, build that right relationship we're right. talking about. Well, I'll name, um, you know, we need, again, we need water. So, you know, but but having named uh, that there's a capacity to receive water and Mm -hmm. that that donation happened, we just need a lot more of that, Mm -hmm. 50 times that, and Mm -hmm. we'll be at a neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to, you know, like, yeah, we got to keep going. Great start. Let's keep going. So Mm -hmm. there's that. We really need to articulate a lake level goal. We missed mm. that opportunity this session. That was yeah. a dispiriting moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another session coming, and that 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 lake level goal of uh, the one that was put forward was four thousand one hundred ninety eight feet, which is mm. uh, it was nine f- feet above the water level at the time. Mm. Um, so th- you know, just I think just naming that and actually like articulating it and envisioning it when we walk out to the lake. Um, you know, look nine feet up. It's high, mm. taller than me, by yeah. ways, right? Yeah. I had my friend Jamie Butler, who's a scientist, actually uh-huh. like hold a, a walking foot. pole. Oh, yeah. I have a photo of this, so you can, in, you know, at the nine foot level, so you mm-hmm. can just like look and say, okay, we need we that need much that much more water. water. It's significant. Yeah. Um, but huge. if we don't articulate the goal, of course, we have nothing to work towards, and mm-hmm. and that is, that should not be partisan. Although it was treated as partisan issue yeah. this. Uh, time around but so again the engaged citizenry the Mm -hmm. instigators need to demand the goal that goal Mm -hmm. needs to be named we need something to work towards Mm -hmm. um 4,198 feet is a bare minimum level of viability sustainability Mm. so you could round it up and say 4,200 if you if you find the the number (laughs) 4,198 hard to remember gotcha um or you could tattoo the number 4,198 on your arm as a prayer i think some people have already done that it's great i like that yeah i do too so (laughs) we need that goal we need that goal articulated 
We need to um, be really clear, no more Bear River development. Mm. And if you're a listener who's like, what? What's Bear River development? It's a fund that we have been, it's a plan and a fund, and and we are currently paying tax dollars into a fund that would further develop Bear River. That's outrageous. So this is a demand. It's just like, that's got to be over, and that money that's being collected to Mm -hmm. put more dams on on the key tributary that already has 61 dams on it. So that's what developing is, is it's just damming the river? <laughs> damming or diverting. Gotcha. It's ta- you know, there's not a world in which it's not taking the water. Mm. So of course there's no ethical Bear River development in this era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's over. So why are we still collecting money for it or pretending like we're going to do it? That's suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> And it just needs to be like called out. Yeah. And that money needs to be reallocated towards Great Salt Lake water rights. I see. Huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. There was a bill that was um, presented by Utah River Council mm-hmm. specifically asking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got uh, kind of like stashed away in committee. They didn't yeah. even want to talk about it. And so that's going to come back around. And this is something we need to focus on. Um, no Bear River development. Mm-hmm. Um, that articulated goal more water to the lake in any way we can get it to the lake. And then it's just, you know, organizing around right relationship with water, including Mm. transparent water reporting. Yeah. So some of the bills were about obfuscating reporting. Some of the bills that passed, bills that didn't pass would have made water uh, reporting more transparent. And we've we've got to be really clear and demand, like this should just be something demanded. There's no hiding this information. Of course, that's working against of course. Everything that needs to we need to do. So I think, yeah, there was one I saw. It was it was literally just trying to get golf courses to transparently report <laughs> on their water usage and that got stalled. Right. And it, it, that is, that example is really profound because just like there was even I don't know, one of the stallers I think said something like it might hurt their feelings. Like we're so worried about the feelings of golf courses. Well, of course we're worried about the feelings of people who are profiting from from exploiting water. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Cue the eye roll. But basically, yeah. no. <laughs> you know, like so. We just, I think, becoming conversant in water policy to the degree. Like, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Hey, I want to know more about this," Heal Utah. H e a l. They are great at teaching people, activating mm. people. You can be a citizen lobbyist on the Hill. Like, there are entry points, mm-hmm. um, uh, ways to learn, community that will teach you how to talk about water policy. And, mm. and maybe this is just an era where all of us who care need to learn the basics. It's why I read River Republic is a good, uh, again, a good teacher about water mm-hmm. policy. Two years ago, I didn't know anything about water policy, but yeah. I just like, okay, um, I'm a citizen who cares, so I better learn a few things. Yeah. And you can learn with friends and, you know, I don't know, be yeah. people who talk about water policy. And, it's, and it's, an, it's an important thing to learn. Like, I think some people might be, you know, bored by any talk of policy or anything like right. that. But, like, that's something I've been um, kind of cognizant of lately is, uh, it's like, I don't even know how cities develop access to water. I don't even know, right. like, if any sort of thing collapsed our infrastructure like i wouldn't know where to get like healthy clean water and get it to people like exactly that's something that we're uh um that we really take for granted and uh, especially where we're in this um this this crisis right um it's it's more important now than ever so that brings up another thing that i think is uh consciousness it's so great to grow it's like be a citizen of the bioregion mm. and and like start thinking like a citizen of the bioregion with that curiosity where is this water coming from and where yeah. is it going after i use it and um find out right like yeah. it's like and it's not 
necessarily organized into cities or even states, right? It's like think about think in watersheds. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's like start seeing watersheds. Yeah, you know those uh, bumper stickers that say "Start seeing motorcycles" and they, oh, there's yeah. a campaign, so you would see them. I was like, would that catch on? Start seeing watersheds, but yeah. I'm like, instead of thinking this river, this lake, that's not how water thinks. Mm-mm. Water is like thinking in the watershed. So mm-hmm. let's let's think about the whole watershed and be curious about where it's like a wonderful activity is to find the running water nearest you. Mm. Figure out where it came from and where it's going to. Okay. It's, it's part, you know, like you can map this out on Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. Like where's your closest brook or stream? Where's that headed? Mm-hmm. When does that get to Great Salt Lake or where doesn't it meet Great Salt Lake? Because yeah. that's what's happening, right? And any water you and I could find here is running into the Jordan River. That's mm. running into Great Salt Lake. And where did it come from? Where was the where are the headwaters of the mm-hmm. watershed? It's probably coming from you know you're looking at the snowpack and it's coming from this part or that part. Maybe mm-hmm. it came from Utah Valley. Like let's connect our our thinking and even like our felt sense yeah. of the system. See and feel yourself as part of the system. Yeah. Um, because we'll act differently if we do. That continues to build that consciousness we've been talking exactly. about about that 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 consciousness of our integration and our. Um, our dependence on the natural world. Right. Um, I love that so much, actually, because like I live in Springville, and so right. I live right next to Hobble Creek. Oh, and right. I'll be honest, I've never even thought about like the watershed that that comes from, yeah. or like um, maybe what part of it like it really comes from. But what I do know is that as it's going down, um, I always assumed it would go straight to Utah Lake, but apparently it actually goes to um, a like a farmland, an alfalfa farmland. And that's like that's honestly like where it's mostly right. diverted to. That's interesting. And and like yeah. and there was I was just like blown away by that. I right. was like, okay, really like isn't this mostly for people? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it's you know, a lot right. of our water usage is for agriculture. Right. Yeah. So just that awareness, you mm-hmm. knowing that. And so instead of, you know, because if, if you asked me a few years ago, do you want to learn about water policy? The word policy would have put me off and yeah. I would have said no. no but let's just say, let's learn about water mm-hmm. and what people are doing with it. Yeah. And also what can be changed. Yeah. How, you know, like, so again, like uh, the word relationship to me is really, what's our relationship with mm-hmm. water? What's our actual relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing all that actual yeah. infrastructure and everything like that. Right. Okay. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that's, uh, those are some good, um, kind of just points of awareness for people to start from, um, especially the Bear River development. Um, right. I didn't know that we are still continuously funding Bear River I development. I found out from this bill that was introduced from Utah wow. Rivers Council, and that's another good follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, I was a, a, <laughs> appalled. I'm like still, I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. We're still collecting tax dollars for this? That's so outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there should be an uprising just on that count. Yeah. Right. We'll we'll call for that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rebellion part of there you go. Rebellion. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. So um, I think those are some good places to just kind of start for people. I I guess uh, something that's kind of weird about Utah is that you know our legislative and en- our legislative legislative session just barely ended. Yeah. Um, and then they're really not going to look at any new bills until what next year, essentially. Right. Um, but you know they work more through the year than I thought they did. Oh really? And it, yeah. Like okay. I had this imp- like idea that you only could talk to them when they're and actually when they're busy in this very short session that they do so many bills so fast. That might not even be the primary time to talk to them. Like, start creating a relationship now. Write to them now. Mm, they're okay. working for you now. They're, mm-hmm. Like, they're your lawmaker all year. Yeah. So maybe they're not checking their emails often or whatever, but they should be hearing from us. And and actually, you could it can be relational also instead of just, like, reactionary during the session. Okay. Um, just 
write to them. Tell them what you're learning. But you just learned, wow, I just learned that we're still collecting money for Bear River Development. I'm concerned about that. Yeah, yeah. And I realized the session is over, but another one's coming. And I want you to know this is a primary concern. Mm-hmm. That could be an email that someone sends today. Perfect. Or we all send today. Yeah, yeah. Right? So isn't that interesting, the yes. idea that you could write to them through, like, for some reason in my own mind, that wasn't possible, but I'm like, oh, their emails are still there. Yeah, they're still right, like, accessible, right? right? Yeah, well, right. Like, I sort of thought the exact same send thing. Send them a I... postcard every week for 52 <laughs> weeks. Like, right? why not, right? And the governor, too. Write mm-hmm. to the governor as well. And, and yeah. there's a very easy port- portal if you Google Governor Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are easy ways to contact these folks. And mm-hmm. you can contact them multiple ways. So you could be sending emails. And with the leisure of time that we have before the next session, mm-hmm. send them a postcard every week. Okay. Send them a postcard with Great Salt Lake on it. Yeah, I like that. You know, like let those things pile up so that mm-hmm. their consciousness has a chance to shift mm-hmm. instead of just this reactionary moment where they're working so hard so fast. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I love that. Right? I had I had no idea. I, like yeah. I thought that it was really just like – um, as soon as the legislative session ended, they pretty much just like stopped paying attention to anything and they're not, and me- really you know, of course they're not meeting with the frequency, but they are yeah. meeting and they are, you know, they are they're still, they're they're still, still your lawmakers. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Right. Good to know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, right. Sure and the governor's, you know, the governor's on call all year. So, yes. you know, write to the governor mm-hmm. every day if you want. Okay. I love Why that. Why not? I think that's a, that's a good call to action. That's really something I'm trying to focus on with this season is, Great. Um, uh, you know, we can talk about a lot of these things, but uh, I I really like these calls to action to kind of help people feel like they are more empowered. And um, one of the things we've been talking about on this episode is uh, building that empowerment within your community and that's building great. that that's the that community action so that you have that solidarity, that accountability, right. and um, just that swell of courage and power there. Swell of courage. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, uh, I think we're going to kind of wrap up this episode okay. here. And yeah. thank you so much for everything. Such a pleasure. This, this was an awesome episode. I really yeah. appreciate your time. We'll definitely have to have another episode, um, especially as we kind of, and I, I would just love to keep in touch with you, honestly. Oh, and, same. And, and yeah. keep up on everything we can be doing um, for our great Salt Lake and, and, um, the entire ecosystem yeah. as well because um, I think there's a lot that, that has to be done, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I think going out, um, I just want to underline because it's I, I'm really moved that the words – the rising tide of courage mm. came to us independently. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll call this episode the rising tide of courage. I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just like I'm really moved by that and that tells you, you know, how the lake is working on these mm. other frequencies and we're part of that. We, yeah. we belong to the earth. We belong to the lake. You know, our – our worth is not for sale. It's inherent. Mm. And I think those are the things I want to say going out, that if we just understand that that's how it really is mm-hmm. and we insist on organizing around that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll change things. I agree. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Would you actually mind leading us out by reading your oh, poem yeah, that we have set up right here? I'd love to read this so much. This is beautiful. a proclamation. Um, this has been read aloud to the lake many times by many people, but yeah, I'll totally read it. Uh, it's called The Earth-Given Rights of a Great Water Body. It's a direct address. Great Salt Lake, we proclaim your rights. We uphold your right to echo the heavens. We hallow your right to swallow the sky. You have the right to bear islands, to parent rookeries, to protect saline reefs. You have the right to bicker with wind, to chant canticles of light, to beckon wings. Great neighbor, beloved water body, these are your rights to be enlivened by rivers, to orchestrate migrations, to slumber under the lullaby of silk and stars in the darkest night. We avow your right to change your mind, alter your imprint, refine your design. 
We confirm your right to flourish. We proclaim your right to more time. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Nan. Wow. What an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being with us today and listening to this conversation and giving your attention to the lake as it is very much needed. Um, there well, a lot of action items that we discussed in this, you know, talking to your, writing to your legislators uh, here in Salt Lake to make sure that they are aware that we know that they are responsible for um, making these changes that are needed to preserve the lake and that they work for us. And so if you, uh, if you have some friends that you can get together to write out some uh, emails to these legislators and make sure that they listen to us, please do so. And also make sure to show up, show up to all of these events that are gonna be happening. Um, obviously, like I'm releasing this at the very end of the year, essentially. Um, and so the legislative session will start next year. But remember, they are working for us all the time. And so we need to be uh, we need to be present. We need to be vocal. We need to be loud and make sure that they will listen to us. Thanks again so much to Nan for having this conversation. I really, really, really valued it. And uh, I look forward to many more. So make sure to like, share and subscribe. Uh, also leave some comments let's let's talk let's talk about this and uh, and keep momentum growing because despite what the legislators think just because we had a lot of snowpack this year does not mean that uh, that the lake is totally saved we need to stop diverting water from all of these different river sources river weber and jordan and we need to ensure that the great salt lake has all of the resources that she needs and the safety that she needs to help preserve us so remember that we are all interconnected and that nature is just as reliant on us as we are on her. So please make sure to give your attention to nature. Remember that you are a part of nature. And, uh, and I think that that alone can help build the momentum for this, uh, for this change that we really need. Thank you so much.